back to Ford the Girls. I cannot believe we made it, but it is finally race week. Um, we have definitely got the episode for you. We're going to go through all the fun and wildness that was preseason testing, and then we'll go back to basics with a classic Bahrain GP preview. And of course, you know what that means. We're in our regularly scheduled programming with our race previews and recaps. We've loved the fun of off-season content and all the interviews and everything, but we are so excited to just get back in the swing of things. Plus, we're going to kick off this episode with a couple of very exciting announcements. So without further ado, let us jump in. I'm Chessa. And I'm Tiggy. Unfortunately, Sarah is not able to join us this morning, but she will be back in full force for the next one. So you are just going to have to deal with me and Chessa for this episode. <laughs> okay, guys, I am so excited for this. It has been a long time coming. We've gotten DMs and questions about this from you all over the past year about doing this. So we're just going to do the dang thing. You probably saw on Instagram that we have a special announcement coming today, but if you're listening to this episode, you are hearing it first. Um, we are officially starting a Patreon, which just went live today. So literally as we speak, you can click on the link in our description, which is patreon.com slash for the girls to join and just enjoy all of these super fun Patreon only things. So what does that mean? Things like bonus content and extended episodes. We have merch discounts for you guys, which there is a big announcement coming. Um, won't spoil anything yet, but you will find <laughs> more out about this. Uh, Chessa put in the work, so you guys are going to be very excited. Um, and then other things like we have a bunch of fun live and virtual events planned this season, so you'll get first access to those. And this, the last thing, this is what I'm personally most excited about, but we are starting a Patreon-only Sundays are for the girls group chat where we will be, we will be, and occasionally maybe some other fun special guests will be hopping in on race weekends to discuss races with you all live. I oh, know. I'm so excited for that one. I know. I cannot wait. We've gotten so many messages from people saying they wish they had more people to talk to or hang out with on race weekends and watch the races with and discuss and... We've just been wanting a more intimate space to get to know all of you lovely people. And yeah, I think women especially just feeling like they don't have a ton of community around this. So we want to keep building that. We think this is a really fun and a little bit more of an intimate way to do that. So yeah, Chessa, are you excited? I can't wait. I'm I'm really good at group chats and texting and fun emojis <laughs> and stream of consciousness. It is so true. It is up. true. Our second announcement before we dive in on the on the content is we're doing another For the Girls Fantasy League this year. You can officially make your teams and your selections up until quality on Saturday. So hop into Discord for all the info. It's like in the F1 Fantasy channel. Sign up, have some fun with all the other people who've already signed up and the rest of the community. The link is on our Insta, um, but you can also find it in the episode description. This will be a fun one. And then I'm so names- excited. The names guys have been coming up with yeah the names are incredible I there are so <laughs> many favorites I when I first put mine in it was like Tiggy for the girls one Tiggy for the girls two <laughs> Tiggy for the girls three and then I was looking through all these names I was like oh my god I have to change all of them so I changed them to what I thought was very funny but they don't update in the database so they're still like the same old boring names That's okay, Tiggy. you have other forgive me going for you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> So with that out of the way, we are so excited for both of those things. We are just going to keep this excitement rolling. We're going to dive into all things preseason testing. And then like Chessa said, jump into the Bahrain preview. So as we mentioned, 
Preseason testing is really just to give the teams an opportunity to test their cars, make any necessary adjustments before the start of the season, test different setups and strategies to see what works best for their car and their drivers. That being said, it's pretty hard to read too much into times and results given the teams are testing with different tires, fuel loads, configurations, all which have different effects on the timing. Um, So just to illustrate like how different fuel loads can be. Cars can have anywhere between 10 to 100 kilograms for most runs, which equates to like three to four seconds of lap time. So there is, there can be a big, big difference. But testing definitely starts to raise some questions, give people a sense of what we can expect from teams, yada, yada. So we'll dive in. Yeah, so the first day of testing is just focused on getting the cars up to speed, ensuring that everything is working properly. And then up until or like by the third day, the cars are going faster, drivers are getting more competitive, trying to set those faster lap times, and then they are focusing a bit more on performance then. Yes. So can you guess how many combined laps the team completed over testing? No pressure. Is everyone guessing? I'm guessing in my mind. I'm not saying it out loud because I hate to be No, wrong. say it out loud. Say it out loud. <laughs> like 2,000. Not bad. Not bad. But more. It was 3,992 laps. Wow. So that's a lot of laps. Which team clocked the most? Wasn't it – was it Red Bull? Alpha Tauri. Oh. So half Red Bull. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's good. And which driver? Oh, I know this one. Wait, actually, I do know this one because I feel like I was doing it. <laughs> it was Alonso, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Um, so, yeah, very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so let's give you some highlights and then we'll dive into our MVPs, LVPs of testing. Again, times don't mean much here given the teams are really just testing different setups, but the drivers, of course, are getting competitive, so it's definitely fun to see them set some good times. Max clocked the fastest times for morning and afternoon sessions on day one. He was given the car for the full first day. Carlos had the second best time that morning. For day three, the top times were Checo, Hamilton, and Botas. so I like to see that. Yeah, King. He's getting sadly, back up there. <laughs> sadly, Stroll is still out from his bike accident. So Felipe Djurovic filled in for him. He had some good laps. He brought out the first red flag of testing due to some technical issues, but good showing from him. And then what we have seen is lap times are already second faster than last year. So it's interesting given the floor heights were raised for porpoising, and then teams were expecting to lose half a second from that. So it's very promising in terms of fast and competitive racing for the season yeah a couple other like funny things well not funny one's funny the other's more interesting um (laughs) before we get into mvps and lvps so i'm sure as you guys have seen memed all over the place is haas's new mini pit wall that was the talk of the town (laughs) so they announced that or kind of unveiled that during testing And the goal, they're cutting down the seats on the pit wall, um, and they're saying that that will save them $250,000 that they can use on car upgrades and otherwise. going to be interesting to see how that plays out. It definitely looks like kind of silly compared to all the other ones, but maybe they don't need everybody on the pit wall. I think it's genius. I just want to be the people, one of the people that got cut. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And then the other thing, which I think is interesting, is George Russell was calling or he called for two car test days. Right now, like we said, kind of over the three days, having only one car out there equates to about a day and a half per driver. And he compared that to Nadal. He was like, 
would Nadal not hit a tennis ball for 12 weeks and then walk into the French Open with a day and a half of training, which I think is an interesting question. Um, and I'm curious what you guys think of that. So he he wants both drivers to have each two days or they each have one day? They each have like two the – yeah, at least – um, or three full days, like each day there would be two cars per oh, team I out see. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I think that to me makes the most sense. The teams probably are like, what if they wreck both cars like one weekend? Like that would suck. But um, I agree. It doesn't make sense. They both need to be testing. And it like, like, for example, if Max did the whole first day and then Checo just had to sit there and watch, like, I don't know how beneficial that would be for him. Yeah. Which is what he did. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, the whole like not being able to drive a real car and do much like real training during that time is definitely different from other sports. I guess the thing about Formula One is you have like these car concepts are really secret. There's like this unveiling moment where like, you know, teams don't want to show anything before that time. It's not like, I mean, I'm not super, a super, super tennis fan, but I don't think the whole world is like, oh my God, what racket is Nadal going to come out with or what shoes is he wearing? Like, yeah, it's interesting, but it's not like a make or break thing like Formula One. Um, I'm just thinking about the the tennis breakpoint tried to survive thing. (laughs) Yes, that, that, that's pretty good. I've seen the first half of it. Um, All right, let's get, let's get into our MVPs and LVPs of testing. Okay. MVP Red Bull. Surprise. (laughs) They were dominant through all of testing. It was basically a perfect showing for them in both the quality and race simulations that came out on top. Checo set the fastest time throughout the three days. They had very few reliability concerns. So they're definitely looking very polished, very dominant, ready to hit the, hit the season in stride. Yeah. They looked really strong. There was not much to pick apart there. Um, Second MVP, this was a surprise. Probably the biggest surprise of the entire three days was Aston Martin and their leap forward. I think despite Stroll not being able to test, which the team and Alonso has said has been a big setback, they seem to like at the very least be kind of leading the midfield right now, at least with testing times. And again, take things in testing to a certain degree with a grain of salt, but Alonso is looking super comfortable in top form. The car looks fast. Felipe Drogovic in place of Stroll had a good showing. And a lot of people are talking about Aston Martin and Mercedes in the same breath for P3 right now, which like if you had said that <laughs> before this, I love Formula One. I would not have believed you, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> well, I'm actually personally really here for this. Um, yeah. Remember that Stroll missed it. Um, I'm excited to see the team dynamics when he's back. For Ferrari, they were another MVP. They had a very solid testing showing. They completed the third most number of laps. They were very fast in pace, only 0.1 behind Red Bull in the simulation race simulation pace. And their power unit has apparently had significant improvements, thankfully. And they announced a new head of strategy promoting Robin Jane internally. They definitely, we saw a little bit of bouncing from them, some tire die concerns, but overly overall very optimistic not being on them not being huge issues. Vassour, the new team principal, said, quote, the mood in the team is perfect and we are in good <laughs> shape to start this long season. And Leclerc did say the factory data is matching and what they're what they're seeing on track. So the Tifosi have reason to be excited. And I think I'm happy for Fred for like having a good weekend and setting the right the right tone for his first race as as team principal. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm like cautiously excited. We know how Bahrain went last year and like how how excited the Tifosi were. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good about them. I'm glad they had a good testing showing. So on to LVPs. This is a womp womp. Um, McLaren, really rough out there for McLaren this year in testing. And for the second year in a row, last year they had problems with their brake ducts. This year they clocked in the fewest number of laps and news broke that the team had missed some development targets for their car. They're behind where they want to be. Zach Brown has already said they're not hitting their goals. There's always the open question of sandbagging, but that's not seeming likely in this case. Yeah. Um, they already have a major upgrade that they're targeting for Baku, which is the fourth race. So it might be a little bit of a bumpier ride than anticipated for the first few races. Lando definitely, I think, looked pretty defeated, and the mood seems a bit somber for the team. Um, if only they had Danny <laughs> and his smiling I know. face to help balance it all out. I know, I know. Um yeah, kind of brutal. I mean, they definitely have two top talents. Hopefully, this is just like a little bit of a bump in the road. But yeah, it was not a good showing. This next LVP is also one that I'm kind of sad about. Sorry, Tiggy. It was Mercedes. It wasn't all bad for them, but not, not the triumphant showing I'm sure that they were hoping for. The porpoising has been massively toned down, thankfully. There still seems to be some other pieces to figure out. George had a hydraulics issue on day two, so that brought out a red flag. They lost precious running time, and they were nervous about other teams kind of like seeing the floor of the car as it was being taken away on the recovery vehicle. So that's one of the most important, like, quote, secrets of the car, and they don't want to give that away. For day three, it was looking up. Hamilton was second fastest, um, but they were definitely struggling with, like, the overall balance of the car. Hamilton, in classic Hamilton fashion, said they have a mountain to climb, and being talked about in relation to Aston Martin rather than Red Bull is not making them feel good. Ouch. Stop making me feel good either. Okay, I will but say. like Aston Martin's not terrible. I mean, obviously it's it's they just have to get used to this new mindset. Like No, Mercedes won constructors eight years in a row. Where has Aston Martin been? This is definitely I'm like a you, huge one eighty. Don't sleep on them. Also, I this- agree. But like we we can't pretend like this is not a huge, huge downfall that Mercedes is being talking about, being talked about in that same breath. Yeah, we'll talk about this when we have our reactions. Yes. <laughs> okay, last MVP, sorry, LVP before we get to our reactions. But Alpine, this seems to be a bit more of a question mark than an LVP perhaps, but their times were consistently at the back of the pack. They seem to be struggling with balance and lockups. They also look to be bouncing a bit down the straights, which is not a great sign. They did say that the changes to the car, so switching from the pull rod rear suspension to the push rod design, worked in line with expectations, so maybe some silver lining. And they also never ran the softest compound tires, so I think it's to be seen where they will actually stack up timing-wise. But they have already announced a big upgrade package for the first race. And yeah, I think one of the big open questions, as we remember, Alpine finished fourth last year, is if Aston Martin has jumped ahead of them or is competing for fourth or even third, um, I guess the one silver lining for them is that their main rival last year, McLaren, is potentially looking even worse, as we have said. So, I know. <laughs> Sad. But again, it's just testing. There are definitely interesting things to glean, but it's not the end-all be-all for the teams. So, Yeah. I think when we talk about like our overall reactions for this, it's hard not to just see what we got at testing and then make predictions. But for me, one thing that I'm really excited about, and I always talk about this, 
is it really does feel like the midfield is about to be completely new in terms of like who's at the top, who's at the bottom of the midfield. I'm not surprised that Red Bull's on top. Ferrari, like honestly, just question mark on them because like you said, what happened last year, like they looked really good at the beginning and then all hell broke loose. But I actually am really excited about Aston Martin and a a big switch up of the midfield. Yeah, and like we said before, the spread in the times this year is much less than what we saw in 2022, which means that we should have a ton to look forward to this year in the way of like competitive, close racing, great battles, overtakes, like, and like we said, the day three times this year are more than a second faster than last year. So faster racing, more competitive, like maybe every race will be like Brazil last year. That would be amazing, but I think it might be too much to ask for. (laughs) Okay, friends, it's festival and concert season, and you know it's all about the boots this year. That's why you need to make Tacovas your number one place for festival style this spring. And don't forget to shop their seasonal and limited edition offerings, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. We love Tacovas. They have a first wear comfort, which basically means there's no break in period. It's the best thing ever. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's really no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, though, just visit tacovas.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tacovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1Rthegirls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1Rthegirls for 15% off today. So with that, let us jump into our Bahrain Grand Prix preview. Ugh, I'm so, I can't believe we're even saying that. So it feels good, doesn't it? It does feel good. <laughs> Before we jump in, um, just a quick note on what to expect for the season. If you are new here or if you need a refresher from last year, we are going to do our usual race preview episodes with hot takes galore, usually a special topic. So expect those typically on Thursdays before the race, except for today, since we're combining it with the testing recap, of course. Then race recaps after each race. So that includes our classic MVPs, LVPs, Radio of the Week as always. Expect those typically on Mondays after race weekends. On certain doubleheader weeks, we may combine race recaps and previews into the same episode. And then any extra like fun, you know, special episodes sprinkled in along the way, whether they be interviews or emergency news episodes, a la the Piastri debacle last year, (laughs) expect those as well. So that's just a little taste of what's to come. And we're so excited. So exciting. I'm sitting here like shaking in my chair. (laughs) Yay. So Bahrain, this GP has been around since 2004. It's typically been on the front end of the calendar, but it's been lucky enough to be the season opener for the past few years. So Way to go, Bahrain. <laughs> this goes without saying, but there's so much anticipation for this race to see who's looking strong and how different the season could be from last season. 
That being said, the way the season starts is often not how it ends, as we have seen <laughs> Ferrari. But regardless, <laughs> we're very ready to get the party started. So yes, we are. The circuit, the Bahrain International Circuit, sometimes it's just called Sakir. It's 5.4 kilometers and 57 laps, 15 turns, and three DRS zones, which is super fun, especially given all the things that you just said, Tiggy, around the lap time spread. Very excited. Pedro de la Rosa holds holds a lap record here from 2005. It's funny because this is the only fastest lap of his entire career, and it's a <laughs> rare track where a decades-old lap time still stands. Yeah. Way to go, man. That's awesome. Um, as we said in our Track Tuesday, less than half of the races here have been won by pole, so fun, interesting switch-up could be in our cards. And, of course, there is the ever-extending trend of the driver who is winning the season opener goes on to take second in the championship. So we had Charles last year and Lewis the year before. Oh, my God. I hope this is true again. Like, we don't even need to have an, a season of episodes. Like, we'll just be like, this is the <laughs> Well, in that um, case, I hope Max wins Bahrain. Yeah. And this is um, super, super interesting. Fun fact. It's a, it's essentially in the desert and there can be super high winds. So the race organizers spray the nearby sand with adhesive to prevent it from blowing over the track. Um, for example, in 2009, they had to put preseason testing on hold because of a sandstorm. Correct. My mind is just going to like, is there any ecological issues with just spraying the <laughs> desert with glue? That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good for anything. <laughs> But yeah, but leave it to F1 to just be yeah. like, it doesn't matter. It's important. <laughs> so for a little bit of history, like we said, 2004 was the first Grand Prix. So the track is relatively new in historical terms, having been built in the early 2000s. It was actually the first Middle Eastern track to host a Grand Prix. Michael Schumacher won the inaugural Grand Prix here. He also apparently had a hand in consulting on the layout and the design of the circuit, which is super cool. So go, Michael. And after his skiing accident, the track named the first turn after him, and it's still the only turn with a name other than a number on the track. So that's beautiful and touching. Um, and this track is also the site of Roman Grosjean's terrifying crash and burning car incident with Haas during the 2020 Bahrain Grand Prix. That crash, it happened on the opening lap. Grosjean was stuck in the burning car for so long until he was able to extract himself Luckily, he was okay besides some minor burns and an ankle injury. But as you guys probably saw, they're displaying the remnants of that burned Haas for the first time at the new F1 exhibit in Madrid opening later this month. So that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Let's talk about last year's race. <laughs> so Ferrari had a one-two finish here last year. Tifosi were going crazy. Charles was really showing up. He had um, pole, fastest lap, awesome battling on track to, with Max, and then he had the win. Carlos was P2, less happy and confident with his performance in the car, but a 1-2 to kick off the season last year was crazy. And the biggest shock here was the double DNF from Red Bull after they had been looking really strong all throughout the race. Max had that fuel delivery system issue, so his engine shut off with only three laps to go. And then Checo also lost power, causing him to lock out and spin on the first on the last lap. So, whew. That was brutal. Like yeah. that was a one-two punch for them that happened literally in like the last minutes of the race. And but as you said, it it literally means nothing. I mean, yeah. If if you can change it, turn it around so quick. Um, <laughs> Mercedes on the first race last year helped introduce us to the now infamous concept of porpoising. Despite that, Lewis was P three, which he was thrilled about, and George was close behind with a P four. So yeah, actually. 
I think Mercedes was really happy with the first race last year, considering. They were. I think they knew that they were really kind of behind. And yeah, just seeing how happy Lewis was about a P3 result was, yeah, was very telling. And then down the grid a little bit more, if you guys have watched Drive to Survive Season 5, you'll know uh, K-Mag's triumphant return to Haas last year after the Mazepin debacle resulted in a P5 that had Gunther and like the whole team ecstatic. It was their first point <laughs> since 2020. They were freaking out. Like That was a fun part of Drive to Survive. Um, and then Joe also scored points on his rookie debut coming in at P10. Botas finished in P6. So it was a more fortuitous start for Alfa Romeo to the season than ended up panning out, unfortunately, but uh, good for them nonetheless. And then one of the talking points after last year's race, which we'll actually get into when we talk about news, was that the tire blankets had to be at a lower temperature and drivers were really struggling to warm their tires up. So interesting that uh this is coming up in the news right now as well so what kind of racing can we expect for this weekend like we said some good fast overtaking opportunities again it's a newer track and the fact that it has three drs zones compared to the usual two will definitely make it a little spicy and if testing times are indicative of anything it's going to be a much closer field even faster than last year so i'm really really hoping for some good on track battles and it has a very grippy surface. They actually ship in sandstone from the UK for this. Crazy. I can't this imagine those costs. It doesn't feel like an ecologically, <laughs> yeah. environmentally friendly impact kind of track, but. There seems to be a trend here. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping into the teams, Red Bull, they are definitely confident heading into this since they look so good during testing. This is pretty much theirs to lose. Checo actually set the fastest time of preseason testing, so expecting big things from him. He won his first ever Grand Prix on this track in 2020 with Racing Point, and this drive was one of the most insane. He was hit by Leclerc on the first lap, went from second to last place, but then recovered to win it. He became the first driver in F1 uh, to have been last at the end of the opening lap and then take the win. So let's go, Checo. Pretty that amazing. That makes me smile so big. Let's go crazy for ferrari we want nothing but the best for them here given their shaky confidence last season a good start was at the best team vibe going forward again like i said would be great for Vasor to start off on the right foot and thankfully the car was looking really strong on the straights during testing the three drs zones here will definitely be advantageous leclerc was looking really strong he was coming in right behind checo in testing so i'm excited to see how they stack up and one thing to to look out for, though, will be some tire dag. This was something that they struggled with a lot in the second half of last season, and they did see a little bit of it during testing, um, as did some other teams, but that'll just be like one thing to look out for. Mercedes, lots and lots of eyes on Mercedes. Last year at this time, everyone thought they were sandbagging during testing, but as we oh know now- Oh my God, I forgot that we were all like, oh, they're sandbagging. <laughs> they're sandbagging. They're sandbagging. We know they indeed were not. Um They had a mixed bag with testing, as we said, definitely made some strides with the car and with porpoising, but I think the team is still feeling like they have a long ways to go before they're, you know, kind of back at the top. The big question really is if they will be fighting alongside Red Bull and Ferrari, or if they indeed are going to be fighting for third with the likes of Aston Martin, Alpine, whoever else is looking strong. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they have probably the strongest lineup, driver lineup. I am biased, but I think I know. I actually think you're right. Um, Yeah, like collectively, the two of them together. Skill wise, yeah. We'll see. see. I think that they're going to be in that no man's land where maybe they're not like definitively 
a one or one or two team, but they're not like considered midfield yet. It's a scary and lonely place to be. Yeah, exactly. Like George well, clocking in every single race at like P4, P5, sometimes yeah. P3, but like kind of on his own <laughs> all of last season. <laughs> For Alpine, like we said, they had kind of a lackluster or just like unexpected testing weekend. Despite that, though, they are feeling a little bit a little bit positive. We love some optimism heading into the first race. Otmar even said he's, quote, cautiously optimistic. The car was reliable. No major complaints from the drivers. So... We'll just keep our eyes peeled for this one. And, of course, let's see how the Gasly-Acon dynamic goes as French teammates. Yes. Interesting. Interesting stuff ahead. McLaren, as we mentioned, lots of eyes on them this race. Last year, as we said, they also had underwhelming testing. And then their Bahrain race results were rough. Lando was P13. Danny was P18. So not a good start to the season last year as well. Piastri will be making his F1 debut, so we're excited for him. Despite the car, I think he was definitely making strides, showing us what he's capable of. Everyone is super excited about him and feeling strong. So, yeah, hopefully they can put a car in a team together that rallies around his skill. For Alfa Romeo, they had a really positive testing weekend. They were definitely top of the pack time-wise. A few of the days, like, sprinkled in there, so they were really happy. And what makes me happy is that Joe is like going around telling everyone that he's feeling really pumped and ready for the season. Of course, he's a lot more at ease since he's not like, quote, a rookie anymore and he's ready to take this and turn it to his advantage. So excited for him. For AlphaTauri, this is Nick Nick DeVries' first race with the team. I'm excited to see how he performs. I just overall, it's going to be great to see all these new drivers coming in and just establishing the tone for for their first couple of races with the teams. Yeah, and one thing we've talked about, we talked about, I think, during our season predictions and the hot takes and whatnot, and this was also a big theme of Drive to Survive, but like what to expect from Yuki and is he kind of in the hot seat this season? If Nick outperforms him, it could not bode well for his future. Um, so hopefully he's feeling ready to go and ready to to perform. For Haas, we're kind of expecting a solid weekend for them, given how kind of reliable, drama-free their testing weekend was. They got through almost all of their tests, so Gunther was very happy, which everybody loves to see. Um, K-Mag said, we got a lot of laps in, and I was in the car from the beginning to end. I only came out to go to the toilet, so <laughs> put in that work, King. Put in that work. <laughs> um, but with the two of them, K-Mag and Nico Hulkenberg, the hope here is that the experience plus reliability will be a winning combo i'm kind of turning into a Haas fan i kind of am okay you know what that's great to <laughs> thank you <laughs> you can't be a mercedes fan you can't join them or you can't beat them join them yeah um aston martin like we said drugovich felipe drugovich he's the f2 champion he participated in testing to fill in for stroll there have been some whispers and rumors maybe this is wishful thinking that vettel could potentially come out of retirement to be a longer term solution if stroll's recovery is longer than expected did he like break his leg or something? It's really his wrist, hush, hush. but it's oh, very it's, it's very confusing. We still don't have any updates for this weekend um, about oh, whether so Felipe is filling in that. for him or not. Yeah, that's brutal. Wow. It's brutal. Alonso had his first Ferrari race win at Bahrain, so he's looking. You know, he's looking to do really well. He looked strong in the AM testing session, so a lot of hype with around him heading into the weekend. Horner also said Alonso was looking very competitive. And um, fun fact, he apparently also claimed that Aston Martin was, quote, slightly faster than Ferrari in the preseason <laughs> testing race sim. So he's like, I'm just going around telling everyone, like, oh, we're like so good. We're so good. Like trying to set 
I'm excited. I think they'll be definitely top of the midfield for this one. We'll see. Uh, For Williams, last but not least, Logan's debut in F1 this weekend. He said that he knows the Bahrain track well, so that's bringing him a bit of confidence. He also completed during testing what he said is the most track mileage he has ever done in a single day. I think it was close to like 155 laps. So the learning curve is steep, but he seemed to perform pretty well during testing. No major concerns. Um, And then Albon also said that he's super excited to have James Vowles on board. So potentially some promising things to look out for for them. Okay. Without further ado, drum roll, hot takes and predictions. I can't believe we're doing this for real. Okay. Mine is Checo outperforms Max. That we'll have Charles in P2 to keep the Ferrari fans satisfied. And then I'm just going to throw in Aston Martin podium. Okay, that's hot. I like it. I like it. Um, mine is also very hot. I'm predicting a Ferrari Mercedes 1-2. I know, I know, I know. But if Bahrain last year was any indication, that is true, that is true. you never know. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm feeling good. I, I, I'm just going to hope that Mercedes is, is sandbagging. <laughs> that's okay. I'll hope with you. Yeah. So for news this week, so first item, this is not strictly news per se, but we would be remiss not to mention Drive to Survive Season 5 has officially dropped. Get out your popcorn if you have not binged it already, because we will be discussing all of our thoughts in an upcoming episode. We had a super fun friends watch party on Friday with those fun themed drinks we posted on our Instagram. We had that drinking game that we printed for everybody. I hope you guys have been enjoying that and playing responsibly, as we know you all are. And one big thing here, really wanted to shout out several of you in our lovely Discord who did a virtual watch party together on Friday. Truly nothing warms our hearts more than seeing you guys get together and like watch races, talk about races, watch Drive Survive, whatever it is. So just another reminder, as we have said, we get a lot of DMs. And especially lately as the season is kicking back up from people saying that, you know, they're looking for more people to talk about races with, go to races with, just generally enjoy F1 fandom with other people. So hop into our Discord because really everyone is chatting away about races and everything else. I know Discord is not super familiar to some, but it is totally free, super easy to use once you get familiarized. So I, and I am not sponsored by Discord here. I just think it's, it's really a great platform. Um, it's really fun. And it yeah. can seem daunting, but it's actually a really easy, easy platform to use. It's great. Yeah. Other news, Hamilton spoke up during testing about F1 trying to ban tire blankets for 2024. So for context, Pirelli, the FIA and F1 are planning to phase out those tire warming blankets, citing environmental reasons giving it does take a lot of energy to keep them heated okay fair um can i just do an aside here though i saw a video yesterday of like a plane traveling around the world according to the race schedule and like if honestly they just like did logistically like put the races geographically (laughs) and did it like i'm sure the tire blankets wouldn't be an issue it's like they spun the globe you. and we're just like, okay, point point it here, like blindfolded, eyes closed. Completely <laughs> random. Like I don't think the tire blankets are really going to be the make or break moment here. So Lewis said it was dangerous and said, quote, I've tested that no, I've tested the no blankets and there's going to be an incident at some stage. The drivers have to do multiple laps to warm up the tires. Um, and this could be especially concerning with drivers during a race coming off a pit stop with cold tires. Lewis said that it's not actually any more environmentally friendly exactly because they'll just have to end up using more fuel to heat the tires rather than the blankets. 
So I think that's also very true. And Pirelli is continuing to test the no warmer tires. So we will see how it develops. We shall see. In other news, the F1 teams are sort of banding together here and pushing to triple the new team entry fee to $600 million, up from 200. So we talked about this in a previous episode, but high level as it stands now, the FIA has a $2 million, $2 million, $200 million entry fee for any new team to account for prize money dilution. And these rules are technically in place until 2025. But Andretti, who has been pushing hard to enter the sport, and basically it was like, fine, no problem. I'll pay that $200 million. He's going to enter. He wants to enter with Cadillac. Already has a deal in place with Renault to supply its engines. Um, but for a while now, the teams have been pushing back, saying it isn't enough, uh, given the boom in F1, and that in reality, there is a lot more being left on the table. So they're asking for $600 million. Apparently, some are even throwing out much larger numbers. Some teams are pushing for the rules to be amended earlier than 2025 in order to increase the fee. So I don't know. Instead of buying a team, Horner has suggested that Andretti buy an existing team. And that brings us to our next news item, uh, reportedly considering the sale of AlphaTauri. Yeah, so there have been rumors about Red Bull potentially selling AlphaTauri. According to recent news, they either want to move the AlphaTauri junior team to England or sell it, like we just said. Apparently, this is due to newly appointed Red Bull sports executive Oliver Mintzloff. He's trimming down on the business model, putting his MBA to good use. Uh, <laughs> their main goal is to reduce their operating costs, apparently. And then there's been speculation that it's not financially beneficial to be operating two basically independent F1 teams. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's probably massively expensive. Although there might be some economies of scale there. But France tossed the Alvatari team principal, did come out with a statement this morning denying this, saying he has had meetings with Mintzloff, who, quote, confirmed that the shareholders will not sell Scudiera Alvatari and that Red Bull will continue supporting the team in the future. And he said that the rumors have no foundation Tiki and I were just talking about this before this, but maybe this is kind of like the Bonotto thing where it's going to happen or like there's definitely some plans in place and it got out too fast. So they're just going to blanket deny it until until it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what to think on this one, but I do feel like I think this was a drive to survive quote, but where there's smoke, there is fire. So I love it. Something could be fishy here. Um in last two news items, so the Spain circuit got rid of the final chicane, and everyone is rejoicing about this. This is happening for the first time since 2007. It will make the last two corners super fast, ideally to encourage better overtaking, better racing. There's a ton of coordination and approval and a drawn-out timeline for something like this to make sure that they're considering all the potential consequences, yada, yada. So I guess this has been in the works for at least a couple of years, but it has been approved and people are super stoked about Spain. Um, and then last, this actually was just announced this morning, breaking news, Susie Wolf has been appointed to the F1 Academy Managing Director, which is Let's go. incredible. What a queen. I'm so happy for her. So well-deserved. More women in like higher echelons of F1 and motorsport, like, that's that's super awesome. I'm happy for her. So to wrap up today's episode, again, don't forget to sign up for Patreon. Lots of fun, spicy content. And if you're not annoyed with us already, you can spend every Sunday talking with us in the group <laughs> chat. We have our Fantasy League as well. That's on Discord. Um, definitely jump in there to hang out with some lovely, lovely people as well. And then stay tuned for an exciting merch announcement, which we will be teasing this week and next week. 
I cannot believe the next time we chat, the season will be fully underway. Send us your race watching plans, pictures. Don't forget to jump in the Discord if you want people to chat with live about it. But we, oh, lights out and away we go. We are ready. Talk to you soon.